Whether you agree with Andrew and think The Clone Wars is for kids, or you're on my side and see it as great for any age, this podcast isn't for kids. Enjoy the show. Okay, Andrew. Um, so what did you think of The Clone Wars? Well, Alex, if you hopped on the mid-2000s zombie bandwagon and wondered when it was going to get a Star Wars mashup, then you are going to love these episodes. Okay, you know what? That sounds a little bit more positive. I never hopped on that bandwagon, but I do love these episodes. And I promise The Clone Wars is awesome. We're watching a condensed and customized ordering of Star Wars The Clone Wars. If you want to follow along, I have linked the whole ordering that we're watching these in down in the show notes. With that, let's talk about season one, or season two, episodes six, seven, and eight. That's Weapons Factory, Legacy of Terror, and Brain Invaders, respectively. So in this series of episodes, the Clone Wars writers basically go back to their teenage roots by incorporating a zombie side quest into the Clone Wars saga. Yeah, I, I mean, that that's pretty I mean, accurate. Yeah. It's starting, it's becoming apparent to me watching this show that it is hard to make a show for like the 11 to 15 year old demographic. Yeah. Because it's like those four years you grow up a lot. Yeah. A, a lot changes. Your interests change. And so I, and that's kind of been a, a topic of our whole conversation as we've been doing these is they're trying to balance everything. Like Star Wars has always mm -hmm. been made kind of for kids, but then also for older kids. And it's supposed to be cool and epic, but not like for babies. And, and they, they're always trying to kind of keep this balance mm -hmm. of, of things. How do you, how do you think they did on this episode? I mean, they're getting there. I think as we go through, there's going to be some scenes where it's like they really could have made this cool and intense, but they had to water it down mm -hmm. because they couldn't have little kids crying at these episodes. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, they're getting there in this arc. But I think this is billed as like an anthology series, right? Have I ranted about this yet? Uh, I think you may have mentioned it, but go go off again. I'll allow it. Well, it's not really an anthology series because it like it's just got a real terrible overarching story. Mm. And so they call it an anthology series. Right. Right. But really it's just like the over the overarching story for each season is terrible. Yeah. And so they're just like, well, we've got all this fragmented garbage. <laughs> Let's just call it an anthology series. I yeah, I I feel like they have that probably in the writer's room, they had all these different arcs that they wanted to do, these little fragments that they wanted to do, but they didn't know how to stretch it out into a whole a whole season, right? Mm -hmm. And and have it be coherent. Now, they're also, I think the way that it works, though, is that they have different characters that they follow. You'll You'll see that more as we get further into things. Like there are some episodes where some whole arcs where it's like Anakin, Ahsoka, like even the Jedi are like kind of nowhere to be seen. Mm -hmm. And that I think is where it feels more like an anthology series. But at the same time, they're running with these arcs and, and following these other other stories. So well, the arcs like don't have a clear start and stop, right? They, I mean... Like it's not like part one, part two, part three of this okay. thing, in, right? Definitely in the earlier seasons, it's like that. Like... In this this series, there was actually another episode, the episode before this, uh, Landing at Point Rain, I think is what it's called, 
uh, season two, episode five could actually be tacked onto this arc. Right. Uh, it's it's Anakin, Ahsoka, and Kiadi Mundi going and destroying uh, a weapons factory. I mean, really, you could have, you know, you could almost take out the weapons factory episode, right? That that first episode, that could have, that's kind of its own separate thing. Legacy and of terror and brain invaders tie in a lot more than weapons factory does with, with these ones. So I get what you're saying about the arc being kind of disjointed, but that's also a product of it being, you know, week to week television. Like when this was airing, you couldn't go back and watch it. You couldn't just watch it all together. And, and so I think that's yeah, but I mean, part like of nobody problem. goes back to power Rangers and calls it an anthology series and power Rangers will have like three episode mini arcs and they will have, but nobody goes back. Wow. What a epic anthology series. No, it's just a crappy kids TV show. And they, you know, it doesn't really matter what the overarching arc is. It's just, are we doing enough flashy, catchy stuff for, you know, to hold a, a 10 year old's attention for 22 minutes so we can sell them on, uh, you know, pogs and, <laughs> and super soakers. Super so Yeah. Uh, okay. I guess. <laughs> Okay, that's a that's a fair point. But so, I, like, the more and more, because I hear a lot of fanfare about Dave Filoni, but the more I watch his stuff, I'm like, this guy is one other guy following the long line of people who have no skill for execution in the Star Wars franchise. I, you know what, I I feel a little bit of that, but I feel like Dave Filoni is our our hope. He's our he's our last hope for like Star our Wars. Lord and yeah, let's he's all our Lord and Savior Dave Filoni. Our Lord and Savior Dave Filoni. But he yes. hasn't even, like, I, I can't see anything so far that I'm like, wow, this was a great addition to the overall story of Star Wars. Okay. I, yeah, I don't, actually, you know what? I disagree with that. I disagree with that because there's a lot of foreshadowing in this. And, and I, I feel like in, in these episodes, there's a lot of setup and, and that will, that we'll get to see in later seasons and episodes and arcs. Uh, the the setup between Barris Offie and Ahsoka's friendship, the setup with the Anakin, Anakin the way he force chokes Poggle in I think it was in Brain Invaders, mm -hmm. and then in in Brain Invaders as well, you get the clones saying, you know, if there's one thing we know how to do as clones, it's take out a Jedi. You know, like there's these little things. That I, I think if you were to watch them, you know, in between episode two and three of the main series. Okay. I feel okay. like it would add to it. Like I, okay. We'll see. Fight I mean, back. Fight back. You, do, you dis, do you disagree or do you think that that's decent foreshadowing? Uh, I mean, it's kind of like when the conclusion's foregone. Is there really foreshadowing? I, Yeah. Okay, so I agree. It's, or is it just like, oh, I already know he's supposed to become a bad guy. Let's make him do some bad guy stuff. Yeah. Okay, so it's it's built in. They have to they have to set it up. Like they have to get it going there. Yeah. And I think that's one of the points of Clone Wars was to kind of make Anakin's transition to the dark side a little bit more believable instead of just like, oh, he's sad. He go kill everybody. He go commit right. Jedi side. So like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's trying to salvage the unsalvageable. Like I, in some ways, I'm just kind of like, what's the point, guys? Like, chill out. Like you're you're real. It's like they're taking the butt hurt <laughs> fandom menace to the next level. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like 
I guess this is better than crying into your Ahsoka body pillow, but like <laughs> marginally. Can we also start referring to Kiati Mundi as the dickhead <laughs> or dickhead prime or something like that? You can. You can. Because I always need yeah. to remind myself who you're talking about when you say yeah, his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My... And then I'm like, oh, yeah, we, Wiener the Lesser. What, a, what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? That's his, that's his one big line. <laughs> that's his... In uh, the political idealist. Uh, yes. Not a terrorist. Yes. Count Dooku is a political idealist, not a terrorist. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Thanks, Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Kiari Mundi. <laughs> uh, huge part of the series. He is the linchpin of this whole thing. The primal phallus. Apparently they were originally they they were originally going to have uh have Jar Jar deliver those lines. Uh but since people didn't like Jar Jar, uh they gave it to Kiati Mundi. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Count a Dooku. Well, he, I, he, he's a <laughs> I mean it's Jar Jar Banks, the racial stereotype, or the guy the walking dildo. So I like <laughs> I don't know. Star Wars is funny, okay? Star yeah, Wars yeah. is just a good time. Okay, but give us okay, give us a couple other other things on Weapons Factory. Let's kind of go through these episodes as a whole. I mean, like again, I know I like it's just I can't help but rage on the moralizing. So no gift is more precious than trust. The thing with trust though is that we never talk about it being given as a gift. It's always something that we talk about being earned. And then we see throughout this episode that Anakin never gives over his trust to Ahsoka. She proves herself and earns his trust. Like, I mean, I've criticized other episodes for shoving in a moral fortune cookie. Mm -hmm. This time they tried to just make it fit, but they like don't understand the words that are coming out of their mouth. Like, I remember this criticism of Trump and it was like, sometimes we wonder if he knows what the meaning of words are. Right, right. And that's what I think about the writer's room whenever they're turning out these uh, fortune cookie messages is it's like, do you know what you're saying? I don't think you do. Right. And then as we go on with the episodes, it's like, I don't think you do because just nobody's like, nobody proofs these things, right? It does. It's, I always feel like I'm working with a first draft script. It's like, there's a different team working on the script versus the show versus the like characters. I did. Um, I, I did feel like they, they did a little better getting the lesson in there than on some of the other episodes. The, I mean, that opening sequence with Ahsoka delivering her whole plan and stuff. Her briefing? That was very uh, ham-fisted. Uh, Anakin. Oh, yeah. Like, it was very clearly a setup for the episode instead of showing us that in the the episodes before. Have you ever... You've got sisters, right? Yep. So you are fully aware of the cognitive functioning of a 14-year-old girl. Yes. Would you follow a 14-year-old girl's battle plan? I, having also grown up with sisters, most definitely would not. Right. Nor a 14-year-old boy's battle plan. Right. So just because she's like in this religious warrior school. I think I'd rather follow a 14-year-old girl's battle plan than a 14-year-old boy's battle plan, to be honest. (laughs) Me, I just like, I'd be deserting. I'd be like, I know I'm a clone, but man, like... I'm out of here. I'm going to go find kid... myself a nice Twi'lek girl and right. start a <laughs> yeah. weird half French accented family. Exactly. Like, it's just... That, that was she... foreshadowing. Everybody. She's learning. Yeah, that's true. Learning. She's learning how to be a uh, kind of spiritual warrior. And now she's all of a sudden 
qualified to lead major assaults? Yeah, and this is one of those things that you kind of have to suspend belief on for Star Wars. Because this is like, I've already suspended belief on aliens, spaceships, laser swords, force powers. Like it asks you to suspend a lot of disbelief. And then it's like, okay, guys, like I can't do this. It's... It's like Stanley on that episode of The Office, The Beach Day or whatever. Yeah. When Michael's like, I'm choosing my successor on this basis. And Stanley <laughs> right. goes along with it. But then he just can't do it anymore. Yeah. He's, like, he's goodbye. like, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's uh, kind of, that's where it's like, okay, you've already got a ridiculous premise. Yeah. But I'm going with it. But now you're just introducing stupid because the creator has a crush on this character. Has to make her do stuff has to, to justify make her, her existence. Okay, yeah. I do think though she has been getting trained since she was like five. Like this has been her whole life to right? be a warrior princess, not to be a battle leader. Yeah, exactly. Like they're peacekeepers; they're not soldiers. They talk about this all the yeah, time. Yeah, they t- they talk like, well, why about the hell it. Are you guys but, leading the army? But they're liars. They're wrong. They're very obviously soldiers. I do think it it would be better if they kind of left more of the military stuff to the clones um but at the same time the clones are like they the clones have been doing this for less time than ahsoka right like this just this all just becomes like a comedy of errors okay it should be like a sitcom so what we it is just like everything in this is so ridiculous that it lends itself more to following like a comedic route of like constant blunders and whoopsies yeah and i can just see it now like You've got some cheesy sitcom music playing and then like a clone trooper gets shot just behind Ahsoka and she's supposed to block it. Oops. But then she just kind of shrugs her shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) Whoopsie. (laughs) And it's like the Clone Wars. (laughs) (laughs) I'd watch that. Um, I mean, yeah. I'd watch that too. Okay. Okay. One of the comedy of errors parts that got me was like uh, when, when they come to the dead end. And they're like, oh, I thought it was left. It's got to be left. And then Barris is like, oh, it's not left. It's up. And I'm like, okay, wait a second. So when you were looking at this 3D map of the catacombs that you supposedly memorized, yeah. yes. how did you... I remember that. How, how, the, how did you think to yourself... How did you rotate the whole thing? And so now it like... Up is up is actually down or like did you just or up is up is right you just kind of rotated it all ninety degrees counterclockwise so or clockwise so like up is right and left is up I, and, that's what I mean like with a lot of these episodes it's like nobody's paying attention to what's going on and it's just kind of like Dave Filoni started this and now he's working with like the people who are making body pillows. <laughs> Like this was all just one big ploy and having you for him to get body pillows. Star Wars has always been about toys. We know this. That's true. That's and that's where Dave Filoni went directly <laughs> to. I mean, okay, but what are what are some positive things uh, of of this episode? Because it is like this. This does show a significant improvement over some of the previous ones, especially the last one. Remember the the Padme love triangle whole thing we did last time yeah i mean like they're staying within their wheelhouse right Mm -hmm. like it's just a battle i think there's a lot of things that are just like is anybody paying attention like how when they're making their assault anakin has to go run back at great peril to talk to the clone troopers face to face but then when he needs to talk to ahsoka he's going through a comlink chrono 
trigger, chrono, bracelet, whatever, like, whatever stupid word they came up with for wristwatch. Like, <laughs> yeah. why, why don't the guys with the helmets have a radio in their helmet? Have, have a radio? Like, why does he have, like, there's just stupid things in that where it's like, this doesn't make any yeah. sense, right? So this one, like, I'd say this overall arc is good, but this episode, yes, is it an improvement over, you know, a place where a bunch of, uh, Weebs are certainly out of their wheelhouse, which is like a male-female relationship. Yeah, it's an improvement over that. Right. Um, is it is it a good episode? I can't say so. Like, it's just no one's paying attention to this. Okay. It's just sloppy. Okay, sloppy okay. Work. I, I, but it gets a bit better in the next episode. Okay, before we get on to the next episode, there is one thing. I did like that it, it showed, like, the, the sacrifice that Ahsoka and Barris are willing to do to finish their mission like they're committed and yes and really i goes think that... to show the strength of the brainwashing tactics of the jedi um but <laughs> I, I i i thought that was a good bit of this episode i and i think that that evolved far more organically than what we would have expected something like that to evolve you know five or ten episodes before yes but it's yep. kind of like like this is like a lot of other star wars stuff outside of the original trilogy where it's like a lot of good glimpses and good scenes but ultimately like the overall story is beyond terrible. Locking. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, but so, an improvement, but it, the arc gets better, right? Yeah. Take us there. So, I mean, like legacy of terror, like again, we're running into an issue where they don't understand words because this is only referred to as a legend. Like Obi-Wan's like, there's a legend of zombie Geonosians. This, this isn't a legacy. It's never talked about as a legacy. It's a legend. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like that's semantics. That's like a very I don't little, they use, you know, it's I mean, not technically okay. a legacy. I mean, if that was the only time that they had committed a sin like that, I would have not highlighted it. Okay. But it's like, it's just perpetual. Like, we don't understand what stories are. We don't understand what words are. We don't really understand people, but this is our show. Right. Guys, like, you... go with us. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So they're still learning. I mean, the moral, they got out of the absolutes. They went with sometimes. Accepting help is harder than offering it. I'd say more often than not. It's like your friend comes to ask you to help move a couch upstairs. Is that going to be harder to accept the help or harder to give the help? Well, I, th- I think it's when... Well, That's going to be okay. harder yeah. no matter how big your ego is. It's going to be harder to move a couch upstairs than what it's going to be to accept the help. I think, yeah, okay. I think, I think the difference is what they're, what they're talking about is offering, offering the help and for like real, for like real things, not, not moving a couch for like actually uh, struggling through something. Okay. So let's say somebody asks you to die for them. Is it going to be harder for you to accept that someone's going to die for you? Or is it going to be harder <laughs> to die for someone? Cause those are the stakes we're dealing with in war. So it's like this is okay. You you've proven your point, <laughs> Mister Philosopher. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so I mean, okay. so I yeah, I Luminara gets taken captive, and they all start chasing her through these caves. Um, but Luminara doesn't want them to come because they're zombies, mm-hmm. and she wants them to stay away and not get infected with these these brain bugs, right? And the cavern scene is awesome. And I can see my 13-year-old self loving that part. And they, you know, something I want to say to this too is that this is like a dark scene. Like it's physically, literally dark. Mm-hmm. But they do a really good job with it. Like I'm I'm really satisfied with the way that turned out because 
recently, of course, we saw the Bad Batch yeah. season one yeah. come out. And that was one of the complaints was that when they had these dark scenes, it was it was too dark. Like you couldn't see anything, see anything that was going on. Whereas in this scene, they use like the extreme darkness as an effect, but you could still tell like when the important things were happening, you could still tell more what was happening. And so I think they did that really, really well in here, especially compared to what they've done more recently, which is interesting. So uh, kudos, kudos to them. Like in terms of the writing, directing, production team being asleep at the wheel again, it's like they keep shooting out pillars and blocking their exit every time. But then they magically find their way out of there. Right. But it's like you can't retrace your yeah, steps because I mean, you kept... It's the force. It's the force. But like, is it the force because Beresafi had to memorize all the tunnels? Oh, except then up is... Action, but or then left didn't is up. really memorize them properly. Like, and then couldn't they have done... Used like a scanner and had like a hologram of like, why did someone need to memorize them? If it's on a map somewhere, why didn't they take the map with them? Like, again, it's like, why? Because they only stored like, it on one USB. Come on, Andrew. You know this. The The Jedi store single things on one holocron <laughs> in the vault. Yeah. That's how it works. They yeah. they can't take and it. And they let the, like, yeah, they let the grandma Jedi who failed lightsaber school protect it all. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't, this is the thing where I'm like, they're, Every time I watch an episode, I lose respect for these people because they are so bad at putting a show together. Okay, on that one thing, on that one thing, but, they did. They did other but things. This is like the they, one they, thing in this they, episode. Okay, they, <laughs> they did other things really well, and and that is, I really liked uh, Obi Wan when he's talking, and he's like, "No, no, let it happen. I I want to see how it works." And then Anakin's like, I think Luminara would disagree. And she's like, I would. Like, I thought I thought that was really good. Like, pure Star Wars, Obi-Wan kind of making a joke, having fun. Yeah. But also being sleuthy. Like, that's another thing we like about Obi-Wan is that he's a bit of a detective. Yeah. And, and so I really liked that yeah. interaction, that little scene, as much as that Queen Katrina was obnoxious as heck. But so otherwise, I mean, like they did the, the, the Geonosian queen is kind of a ripoff of the alien queen in aliens. Yep. Um, like with the yeah. egg sack. Everything's a remix. Yeah. Though. And I, so, I mean, like, it's cool it, it, for me. It was yeah. cool. This is what I'd say. Like my daughter loves watching Barbie life in the dream house. And so I've seen That's a hilarious show, by the way. Well, and one thing that makes it hilarious is that they do a lot of referential things to, to things that older people like parents would get. There's a lot of Indiana Jones jokes, Star Wars jokes, Back to the Future stuff, like all those kind of 80s, 90s pop culture references that, mm -hmm. you know, the parents of these kids would get. It's all good. Like, that's a show that works on two levels. And I'd rather watch that than this. Really? Oh, yeah. Barbie Light. If I, it was like, you can only download one thing on your four-hour flight, Life in the Dream House or Clone Wars. I'd be like, uh... Give me life in the life in the dream house will make me laugh. Are you it won't serious? make me scratch my head. I'm not kidding. No. Really? You, you sound like <laughs> I'm like feel, actually surprised. Like yeah. I it's mean, got, okay. It's got dialogue and jokes that works on two levels. And I will say I will say some of the dialogue in here in the last episode when Anakin is marching with the clones, they're like, steady, keep marching, keep march it's like, were these guys gonna stop? Like, were they gonna stop marching? If you didn't keep yeah. reassuring them, just keep marching, keep marching. It's a, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant throwback 
to episode one when Jar Jar says steady. Steady, steady. Steady. That's what it's brilliant uh, meta reference. Except that line that line was better than this. Oh, well, I mean, like, yeah, cold spit in my hand's better than this. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so the dialogue's not great, but... No, it's still very clearly made for kids, and I think one thing that shows that a little bit more is that it's not as scary as it could have been wandering through those tunnels. You know, like in Halo 1, the first mission when you're getting off the ship and you've got your flashlight, you're wandering through dark tunnels and you can barely see anything in front of you? I don't know that, but... You don't know Halo 1. Okay, well, I have played Dating Halo 1 here. with friends, but none of the missions. Okay. First mission, I remember my friend being like, you should try Halo, I just got it. And I was like, okay. And I play that first level and all you have is a pistol. Mm-hmm. And you have to cut through these dark tunnels and you can like hear the covenant elsewhere on the ship and it's just scaring the crap out of you. And you've just got this flashlight and it is really, as far as like original Xbox graphics can go, it is about as close to walking down a dark hallway with a weak, you know, flashlight. It's what you can get. And that built up a lot of intensity. Mm -hmm. They didn't do that as much in this. They could have had it be a little a lot more of like a real creepy crawly and and i think adventure. that again is is tied to the demographic that they're working with so there's not like there's nothing in here that works on two levels it's very clearly made for right it, demographic it is... right and that's been my biggest beef is i'm like okay before you can tell me this is good you right. have to tell okay, me that okay, it's okay. for me okay well we're still working on it we're still working on it <laughs> um so so we're not even at right. life in the dream house yet we're get it's like Life in the Drain House is just very clever. And it was made with the intention of like, we don't want parents to force their kids to shut the show off because it's annoying. So we've got to make it work so that, you know, parents can pick up on something every 10 minutes. Whereas you you think that the reason this one stays on is because it's Star Wars and it just kind of has to, it just coasts on that alone rather than yeah. uh, having, having better scripts. And I'm starting to wonder if Dave Filoni knows how to interact with adults or if he understands them or if he's too busy looking at his like collection of Plo Koon merchandise that nobody else wants. <laughs> I guess we'll have to ask him someday. Someday maybe I, we'll, we'll interview him. I hope we him. generate enough. Like I hope he takes us all in the right spirit and we get some interaction with him. That would be, yeah, my claim to fame. Okay. So I think like, I don't have any much else to say on this episode. Okay, I I do. I have a I have a couple things. I did like I like I said I liked that Obi Wan humor. You know, I I thought that was a great moment. And then I also liked how this ended because this has a similar tone to uh, on that Cad Bane episode. Uh, you'll remember in the Cad Bane episode when he. When Anakin says, I know I saw him die, yeah, but I just yeah. feel like he's not dead. Like it was very on the nose. I think they did a much better job here where they, ju- where they just said, well, I guess we'll never find out what that was all about. And, and they just leave it like that instead of saying, something tells me one of our clones is infected, but I'm sure that's not true. Right, like I think, I think they did a better job on that instead of being so on the I, nose. You know what? I remember actually being surprised, so surprised at that, that I was checking to make sure I'd watched the right episode mm-hmm. because I I knew there was yeah. another episode called Brain Invaders, and so I'm like, yeah, oh, did I watch the wrong episode? 
because this seems pretty yeah. well concluded. <laughs> you you were surprised how good of a job they did. It's kind of like like a broken clock is right two times a day, right? And and you're like, is it right and now? If, like if you throw if you throw enough spaghetti at the wall, some of it's gonna stick to the wall. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, right. and this one stuck to the wall. Good job. Good job. Legacy of terror. Let's do brain invaders. So I mean, the moral attachment is not compassion. And I just thought like this is a weird it, comparison. Just, yeah. The, these are just words. And it's like it's like saying water is not a fire hydrant. <laughs> like, and so this is what I <laughs> this is this is what I mean. Like attachment and compassion, both emotions. Yes. Usually compared, no. Water and a fire hydrant. One contains water, one is water. Kind of similar. They're both inorganic material, but not usually like some two things you'd compare. Right, right. It's not not something you'd put in a proverb. Like attachment is not love. I could get that one, but I'm not usually compassionate because I'm attached. Right. To someone. Right. Right. There's got to be, but they're just like, hey... Filoni's been out like shopping Plo Koon merch on eBay all day and we've got to put something into the start of this episode. <laughs> so what's it going to be guys? Uh, attachment is not love. They, so it, they did like an ad lib. I bet they have like a, like a, yeah. a Mad Libs thing for like proverbs. Totally. We totally. should make that. We could sell merch. Yeah. We could sell like Mad Lib proverbs. Make your own proverbs. Star Wars The Clone Wars proverbs. And you just like... Do you know what? Like with the, <laughs> with the exception of Brain Invaders, I almost feel like the script is written via Madlib. Well, I mean, I keep saying, I keep saying, all of Star Wars is just written by AI. That's how it works. And like Dave Filoni, like is that good? Yeah. Like it's weird that you use it almost as a defense, right? It's like guys, it's always been terrible. It's like oh, and we're still watching yeah. it, <laughs> podcasting about it. Like here's that doesn't defend here's the it. Thing. <laughs> Star Wars has some of the greatest stories in in storytelling but it has the worst uh, dialogue in storytelling that's the thing is that you have like these two extremes and and so i guess it depends i guess it depends what you're in the mood for as as to how well you're going to enjoy it if i want cool visuals and you know an interesting enough story i guess but terrible dialogue, I'll watch The Mandalorian, right? The only the only Star Wars content that has decent dialogue, a great story, and compelling characters is the original trilogy. Everything else falls short uh, of that on, on some level. Rogue One, better dialogue, uh, you know, great, amazing visuals. Uh, the characters aren't too compelling, but they're okay. Uh, you know, like each Star Wars thing has its thing, but I find where it falls short most is always going to be the dialogue as far as Star Wars is confirmed. And, and and I don't know, I don't know if that's like a disease that's in Star Wars and you can't get it out, but I'm here, I'm here for the story, okay? I'm here for the story and I love it. I love the Clone Wars. I promise it's awesome. But it's just kind of like, okay, like what's the story here? And what do you mean when you use the word story? Because it's... Like dialogue becomes an intricate part of storytelling and getting to know characters. Right. So it's kind of like what when you say that you're here for the story, what story's left after you've like broken your axle on the potholes and <laughs> and have criticized the dialogue? It's like what 
what's the story I'm supposed to be getting out of it? Like, okay, okay. What should I have gotten in terms of story? Because the plot is incoherent, the characters do, are are completely irrational, and the dialogue's terrible. All that's left okay. is merch. Like, with 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 I, brain invaders, as far as the story goes, I like the foreshadowing again of the relationship between Barris and Ahsoka. Like, I really appreciate that because that's going to pay off far later in the series. Even though Barris is like a very secondary character, she has a huge role to play in the series. I like uh, seeing Anakin force choking Poggle. Like, it just has a little extra, like, Anakin is doing what it takes. Although that dialogue where Ahsoka is talking to Barris and she's like, let's just say my master is willing to do whatever he has to. <laughs> like, that was pretty on the nose. Mm-hmm. But I did I did like the story. I like the foreshadowing. I like the relationship between Barris and Ahsoka, even if the dialogue is clunky. Yeah, so there there are there are things that that I enjoy in here. I also like the way that this starts, where you see the brain invaders happening you see the clones getting infected and then ahsoka and barris are just kind of off like oh they're just in the lunchroom on the way to the next place like they don't realize what's going on yet i liked i liked that juxtaposition i thought that was a good way to start off the show i i did as well i like when i can't remember who it was but they walk into the room where the clones are doing making more uh zombies and it's just kind of like uh whoopsie that was like that was a great scene. I think kind of the sneaking around, um, Ahsoka's dilemma over killing or sparing Barris, yeah, was a a highlight for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely made her uh, closer to human than. <gasps> than I mean, like she's a, a Togruta. Don't, of... don't judge her on human standards. That's kind of racist. Right, right. <laughs> she's appearing to be more uh, relatable, right? As a, Person, I think I think that's of just more like PC an, to say it that way than to thanks. call her human. Good for you. I mean, based on my criticisms, I'm not sure if you're aware, but I'm not too worried about PC criticisms. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like you mentioned, Anakin force choking Poggle the lesser. Again, I'd say this is where we see that it becomes a kid's show is that they could have made these scenes a lot more intense mm-hmm. and they dialed down the suspense on yeah. all the zombie scenes. Could have had a power failure with lights intermittent, like intermittently blinking. Right, right. But it's like the whole time I'm on a well-lit ship and I'm not really worried about what's coming around the corner. There's no suspense here. It's all kind of right in front of your face, which yeah. shows me it's kind of for kids. It definitely, it definitely is toned down, and I, I guess that's probably again the the biggest failure of the Clone Wars. Yeah, it's, I mean, it can't really be a failure of the Clone Wars. It is made for that you know middle demographic that that's really hard to make stuff for. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a failure, but I, I think it is something that had this been made for adults. They would have gone a lot further uh, with with all of that, and my hope. But is you couldn't have put Filoni in charge of it. Like I don't know who could have run it because Filoni is just like Filoni baloney. <laughs> like <laughs> you look at his credits, all the guy has made it is rhymes, kids shows. So it's true. <laughs> <laughs> like it's all kids shows, and none of them are like that good. Hey, 
You you take that back. Are you talking about Avatar the Last yes. Airbender? Yes, yes, What the yes. hell's Airbender? Like, I remember I, seeing that movie. I will fight you. Okay, okay. <laughs> You're judging a bit. Okay, like, okay, okay. Back up, back up, back up. Are we going to have to do a whole thing where I show you The Last Airbender and, and have to convince you it's awesome? I Tell me one thing about that that is like a grown-up man in his mid-30s looking down the barrel of a midlife crisis will watch this show and say it's great. One of the characters in it falls in love with the moon, but then she turns back into the moon from a woman and they can't be together. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm, that's, not, that's not the best thing. I really, do th I really do think it is an amazing, amazing show, but we'll, we'll have to discuss that another time. But I just like you look at this guy's credentials. Like I don't think he knows how to interact with adults. It's definitely it's it's definitely like children's shows, and and I will say I think sometimes we we pin people into little holes. I mean, if somebody listens to this and then they find out I do other podcasts, they might think, but Alex is the Star Wars podcaster. He can't do a podcast about creation stories. Mm -hmm. uh, people are complicated, right? We, we have multiple things that we can be good at. I feel like with, with Dave Filoni working on The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, The Ahsoka Show, like all these other shows, I feel like that's where we're going to see if he's fit for television and producing in general or if he's just better suited for working on on kids shows i think i don't like know i'm not I've, gonna i'm not gonna make a judgment on that i yet. think the guy adds value by buying plo Koon merch there is like <laughs> he there's a liquidation what? center somewhere full of like plo Koon stuff and yeah. he's like buying it up and keeping people employed but other than that i don't know what value this guy just adds to humankind in general like I, <laughs> wow what like he makes bad kids shows and wears a cowboy hat talks with that voice uh, like i you know what i've got a real problem with you andrew <laughs> uh you're talking bad about my boy dave and yeah. uh and i i don't i don't like it so <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna get mad i'm gonna have to go on a crusade defending my lord and savior dave filoni yeah. um, the jesus christ but, of uh, star wars <laughs> basically there's this there's this lance um, armstrong uh documentary just as an aside where he uh they, they're talking about when he came back from cancer and there's like hope rides again and there were a bunch of reporters who were onto him being a drug user before it, it all came out but this guy's this uh irish reporter's talking and he's like you see these posters the jesus christ of cycling hope rides again and so when you talk about dave filoni it's just like i'm thinking about this Hope rides again. This Irish yeah. man. It's the Jesus uh, Christ of Star Wars. The Jesus Christ of Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, basically, he is he is he is the Jesus Christ of Star but Wars. He's there, like a settled. he's a failed savior. It's like if Jesus didn't get on the cross. <laughs> well, we've we've yet to see. We've yet to see. I've got a question. What like, all season, he does season with these seven? Other shows. Did they pretty much just give him like a? Like, did Disney take over at that point in time? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was mostly Dave. It couldn't have been. But they're written by different people. Like, I'll have, we'll we'll have to look at that when we get, when we get to okay. it. Okay, I'll, I'll be I'll be curious. I I would be curious to see like if if there are specific people who wrote kind of our favorite episodes, the things that we like the most along the mm -hmm. way, 
And I'm always curious because they've got like a team of writers. Like this isn't one person who writes the script and it's like, there's the script that's done. Like that's it. And so I'm curious, you know, there's got to be somebody on the writing staff who's super, super good and touches up some things, but then other things they're like, I just can't be bothered. Like, I just can't be bothered to fix everything you people are Mm -hmm. doing because it's a workplace just like any other. There are people who aren't pulling their weight. There are people who are. Maybe they're a really great team. Um, I don't know, but there's always going to be people who have weaknesses in one area and strengths in another, and maybe they weren't dividing it well. But I mean, like when you're the executive producer, you're responsible for the production. Right, right. So he's got to bear the brunt of the responsibility of the output i think he's the one calling the shots yeah so well i don't know i don't know how involved george still was at this point too yeah so. i think maybe most of the crackpot ideas did come from Monsieur lucas <laughs> the 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 maker himself yeah like even the concept of anakin having never become a master still having a, a padawan is like i thought he wasn't supposed to have one of those so why are we shoving this in for no reason Yes, 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 yes. I know, I know. Star Wars makes no sense. But did you enjoy this episode? I'd say, yes. Like this arc, I was like, you know what? If you'd show me as like, the this is the intro, it could have started off at like a higher point. Okay, okay. If this is what I'd been introduced to first. But I'd say like, because I've seen so much accumulated garbage and then just seeing it bleed through into these episodes, like that's starting to color everything. Okay, interesting. It's like, I know I'm going to have dialogue that doesn't make no sense. I know I'm going to have so many plot holes, a road crew couldn't fix it. A, a road crew has a hard time fixing one plot hole. <laughs> yeah. So I now I it's like there's things I'm seeing, the brush strokes of the painter, and it's like I can't unsee mm-hmm. them the further we go. Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, hopefully, hopefully it gets better. Do you have any any other final thoughts uh, on this arc, on Brain Invaders, on anything else? No, I think I've said enough. All right. Okay. Well, um, so in conclusion, is is the Clone Wars awesome? Not as awesome as Barbie Life in the Dream House, but I mean more Oof. awesome than watching a dog take a piss on a hot stove. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Okay. 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 I, I appreciate that. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, folks. Uh, you can email us at uh, clonewarspod at gmail.com. You can also, um, yeah, no, actually, that's really the only call to action we have. Email us at clonewarspod at gmail.com. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear who you think is right, who you think is wrong where we're right, where we're wrong. Maybe we missed something. Maybe we missed something fantastic and uh, and you want to point it out to either Andrew or I. Uh, with that said, join us in two weeks to find out what Andrew thinks of season two, episode 10, The Deserter. Okay, I think the series has the potential to age with its audience. I'm looking forward to season seven when we may see episodes geared towards a demographic that's hit puberty. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully we get there before season seven. I think I think you'll like the next one. But in the meantime, goodbye. See ya.